0: Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 88, White Rabbit. White Rabbit, as in the song from Jefferson Airplane, (laughs) I want... You to picture something, Aaron. Okay, I am. <laughs> it's 1990. Mm-hmm. I'm a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. I got gangly limbs. Mm-hmm. I am five foot eight, my current height. I don't know what to do with that height. Oh, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how to move my body, really. Okay, okay. Um, I'm also a nerd. I'm okay. a real hardcore nerd. Okay. And I'm such a nerd that I start going to a separate school for half the day. This is in eighth grade. And I go through uh, you know, high school, like
1: a smarty pants school. A smarty
0: pants school, okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. And. At that smarty pants school, because we're all nerds, we're socially awkward. Our way of communicating is handing around mixtapes of 60s and 70s music, mm-hmm. and that is where I discovered the Jefferson Airplane. What I liked about it and why I chose it for this—okay, you want yeah, okay, to stop? Yeah, I want to All right, correct.
1: because you painted an image and then you didn't finish it. I want to know where you were.
0: Did you okay, pop yeah, that yeah, into yeah, your yeah.
1: boombox in your room? What were the feelings? Take me there. That's great. You got me halfway there. (laughs) And then you just stopped.
0: Well, there was a bus trip somewhere. I don't remember where. And one of the Smarty Pants boys was talking about this. And I think I got a copy of the mixtape or something. Yep. Slid it into my boombox when I got home. Boombox. Yes. And it's very sort of otherworldly. There's an Alice in Wonderland sort of theme, but it's real dark and mysterious. And I was like, this is it this is i like this it's dark it's scary there's maybe a conspiracy kind of thing which led me to this okay so i chose it for this theme Mm -hmm. because we're talking about conspiracy we're talking about following the rabbit down the rabbit hole down the hole all the way down the hole all the way down to find the nefarious things that are in that hole yes yeah Mm -hmm. so that's where we're at yeah I did that picture get painted enough for it you? It did. Okay. Now I feel yeah, like yeah. it was complete. Okay. I just
1: I got there and then I was like I want the rest of the image of you yeah. actually hearing the song at first. I forgot to
0: say this is still when I have that terrible perm.
1: Oh yeah, so
0: we got real, real curly hair.
1: Oh,
0: curlier than my actual natural curl, by the way. Because at some point I decided my hair is isn't curly, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I make it curly. I don't okay. Get it. I don't get it. You
1: know what? We do some things to ourselves that yeah. we just shouldn't. Yeah, we should know better.
0: I will never forget the smell of a perm. It's something, isn't it? It is something. It is and something. And it brings you back to that awkward smell of adolescence. I'm sure that you haven't yet
1: watched the SNL from last night. No, I haven't. But I will just use this phrase and you can see it. Okay. There is mention of perm cancer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there has to be lots of cancer from that perm. I know. All those chemicals. That chemicals.
1: I feel bad for the people that work there. Oh,
0: God. How do you do that? Does your skin just fall off after a while? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a musculoskeletal system walking around. Yeah, just skinless, just, just walking skin- around. That's terrifying. That really is terrifying. That's terrifying. You know what isn't terrifying, Aaron? What? Big acai. Oh, we had that again today. We did. It's back. So we're high on a couple things, I think. <laughs> we're high on big acai. Yep. And we're high off of doing a live session yesterday. Whew. Man, oh, man. That is coursing through my veins. (laughs) How many times do you think we've said to each other that we're bright, shining stars? 732. Accounted. No.
1: (laughs) I went as far as to watch Bohemian Rhapsody Friday night and act like I was somehow related to Freddie Mercury. Like I was just channeling him Uh in that farm aid live performance, and that's the level that my ego's gotten to.
0: And I think that's a natural level. level. You know, it's Des Moines Book Fest and then it's Live Aid Freddie Mercury. Yeah. On the same page.
1: Million people. Yeah. Maybe twenty (laughs) five. No, I'm just kidding. There's some steps, and I like to skip steps. I, I do, too. I'll go from A to Z. I don't yeah. care. Listen, we'll put the work in, but we're going to jump those steps. Yeah. But our work is really the work of like 10 people,
0: so we get to skip some steps. Exactly. When you're God, this good, awesome. we you're... get to skip
1: steps. <laughs>
0: <sighs> when we're smarty pants that have grown to adults yeah. and channeled our love of reading into a podcast,
1: mm-hmm. this, is what, this is what happens. So- Bringing together the love of us, yeah, and conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If there's going to be a conspiracy theory or rabbit hole about us, what do you think it would be?
0: I think it would be that we are actually the podcasts pretending oh. to be Aaron and Amy.
1: Oh,
0: right. That's good. Yeah, I'm envisioning Thelma and Louise, like, you know, pretending to be human, and Ziggy sort of like being their manager on the oh, side, my gosh. telling them, yeah,
1: catager. <laughs> <laughs> You catager you, Ziggy.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if that conspiracy theory exists, but I want it to. And I want people to run with it.
1: Yeah, I say so. Because started. who
0: knows? Are we really Amy and Aaron? Or are we the podcast?
1: Well, we might have missed an opportunity to create it yesterday with our live performance. We could have filtered in cat heads like that lawyer <laughs> and then said, I'm not a cat.
0: Or and, am I? Or am I? Yeah. No, sir,
1: I'm not a cat. <laughs> That's a good
0: one. Yeah. Whew. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're going to, yeah, get this out into the world. Mm -hmm. So, Aaron, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about obsession. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of similar in that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about rabbit holes. This time we're going full on into rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. What is... Have you ever been down, so far down Mm -hmm. a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. that you realized, oh, shit, I need to stop Mm -hmm. and get myself out? Mm -hmm. What happened? I sure have. Okay. Well, (laughs) For some it, it it
1: relates to true crime for me. Oh, boy. Yeah. For some reason, I got obsessed with the Martha Moxley murder. The It's the Greenwich, Connecticut murder, and there was some Kennedys implicated oh, yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I, I think it was because I randomly got a book about it from the library. Like, um, it was older high school years. I think I saw it, and I thought, oh, that looks good, and I read it. And I just got enthralled because for some reason, I, in my mind, it didn't make sense that there were all these wealthy families and it still wasn't solved. Like yeah. It just seemed like, how is that possible? Yeah. And I think it was maybe not the first time that I confronted class, but it was one of those times where you really saw like, oh, your name can really get you out of anything. Like there's some and that some is a serious lesson. pull. Yeah. yeah, and so then I remember that then I saw that, who, who, you know, afterwards I realized not a great source, but Mark Furman wrote a book about it because he was one of the mm. investigating people on it, right? Oh, boy. So then when I read that, and then I kind of backtracked and realized who he was, then I did some more reading about him, and then that led down a different conspiracy about his involvement in the LAPD and a lot of that stuff, okay? So then, that was a whole different rabbit hole I went down for a mm-hmm. while. Then I came back to the Martha Moxley thing, and there's some other books. There's been a lot of fictional accounts. There was run written by Dominic Dunn, and then I want to say he did a nonfiction account as well, but I I'm not sure about that. But okay. I think so. Yeah, I, I read like five or six books about it, and then I was like, okay, I can't because this is kind of pre-internet where you could yeah. really go, you know. But I was just getting as much information as I could and I realized after like a year like okay you're not
0: like you dedicated a year to this though. yeah
1: and I mean I think I I because I just kept finding books about it and yeah. then I'd be like oh it's at the it's in at the library I'll go get it and I'll read it and I You know after a certain point you're like okay I think I really know this case inside and out oh my goodness I need to move on like this isn't going anywhere but it was sort of what sparked my love of true crime because prior to that you know when I was younger middle school I loved Mary Higgins Clark and then I moved on to other kind of psychological thriller the crime novel mystery novel type genre and then it broke into this true crime. And mm-hmm. this is, I mean, we had Dateline when we were younger, but we didn't have oxygen and ID and the way to like. It
0: wasn't to this level No, at all. and we didn't
1: have access to documentaries yeah. like this. And it just wasn't a thing. I mean, being a true crime buff wasn't a thing. Mm-mm. That just made you a weirdo. Like yes. you're just obsessed with murder. Yeah. So once I found that, and I found that there were books written about real crimes, it was like, I just, that was a. I was a rabbit hole. And then it sort of expanded from there. Like, I never fully got out. I just dug tunnels to other places (laughs) so that I didn't have to stay.
0: (laughs) So you have a network of rabbit holes. Yes.
1: Yeah. But it all started with Martha Moxley. Wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I remember that I found out, like, that there was tons of, you know, um, investigative stories about it later on in my adult life. And I watched all those. And because I was, yeah, I was obsessed with it. Wow. There's just... It's just one of those cases where it feels so cut and dry. Yeah. And there's just only a handful of people it could be, but yet there's enough evidence to sort of exonerate all of those same people. Mm -hmm. It's just such a very strange story.
0: and It's a good point. I think some of the most interesting true crime to me is when you, like, and maybe just because you're an outsider and you're looking at this and you're like, "Uh, this looks pretty cut. This looks clear. Mm -hmm. But you're recognizing all the different forces that might be at yeah. play. Yeah,
1: That's when Mike and I always get excited when a date line's two hours and you think mm. in the first 10 minutes, you're like, okay, this is obviously what's going on. Then you're like, wait, this it's is a two-hour two episode. Oh. Things are gonna get twisty. <laughs> Keith Morrison has some surprises in store. <laughs>
0: Do you think that maybe, like, as humans, we're just sort of naturally drawn? I mean, just thinking about all yeah. the legal shows that we have, even in yeah. the 50s and 60s, and the legal shows, the cop shows, all of it, we're mm-hmm. somehow fascinated by this.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 And I think it's it's twofold. I think it's the one you think it could never happen to you. Yes. So there's a voyeuristic element of you like watching it with someone else, but it doesn't necessarily hit that same spot that you think, oh, gosh, this could be me. I mean, yeah. how many times do you see that in interviews? Like, oh, I never man. thought it would happen in my town. Yes. I never thought it would be my family. Because yeah. it seems like this far away thing that feels safe to be from a safe distance and watch it. But I also think that we're, as society, we're very obsessed with the idea of good and bad. Like, we're not great at wanting to put someone in one of those categories they're mm-hmm. either all good or they're all bad and true crime is really the intersection of that yeah. like there's good people that make bad choices yeah. and there's bad people that have good attributes or mm-hmm. do good things and so that's really where those two things intersect right like oh they, that person had the you know ability to do that mm-hmm. or that's who it was you know it, it kind of fulfills that need to know that there's gray area yeah
0: and that discomfort with the gray area mm-hmm. too
1: and that you know, there's, I suppose, an element in all of us that we know that there's dark, you know, that For you sure. there are things that you hold very dear that if they were threatened, you could imagine getting yeah. to a place that isn't good. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm glad. Uh- I was going to say I'm glad you're out of the rabbit hole, but you're not. Like I'm you not, said, not. you're in a uh, a Mm-mm. warren. Is that what uh, rabbits have? That it's like a little you know set of tunnels.
1: Sure, like Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All I did was just find someone who agreed to do a podcast with me, so I could talk about my there rabbit holes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and make other people <laughs> listen to them. Well, speaking of animals,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You talked about what would be. a theory about us. Mm-hmm. What do, what kind of rabbit holes do you think the podcasts would be interested in <laughs> if they had access to the internet?
0: I can just picture them with their little claws. Like, Dippity-dip, Dippity-dip. using their little using the digits to surf the webs. Surf the interwebs. I'm seeing a couple things. Okay. I'm seeing that they're going to go hard for live cams Where there's animals to murder.
1: Oh. You know, Ziggy,
0: I've shown Mm -hmm. Ziggy uh, live cams of aquariums, Mm -hmm. of birds, Mm -hmm. uh, even of big cats. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he gets into it. Mm. And I think all of them, Thelma and Louise, just haven't really been exposed to it. I think they would like the opportunity of, like, oh, I could murder that. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Okay. I I also think.
1: Kind of their version of reality TV.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I also think they would be enthralled by social media because <laughs> 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 two reasons. One, they're narcissists. I mean, that's what oh, cats are. yeah. 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 They're going to be real For excited sure. about But also, I think there's the factor of like, it reinforces how stupid humans are. Mm. And they like that. I mean, they like to judge humans. So they're going to be able to see that You're and be right. like, this just proves how dumb they are we and have- how bad they're made. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but Twitter might
1: have been invented by a cat for that You're reason. Right. To show. Look at, they look at how they it. They yes. just keep falling for it. They just keep
0: falling for it. They hit tweet before they think about it. Maybe cats are behind all conspiracy theories because they're like, let's see what the humans do. Mm-hmm. I think they also like to marvel at how badly we're made because oh, like, yeah, you that's know, fair. they're like, they don't even have fur. They have skin that breaks all the time. Like yeah. they're dumb. They are dumb. So, yeah, I think they're going to go hard for live cams and mm-hmm. social media. Okay. And we're never going to see them again.
1: Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. think that that's valid. I think yeah. all of that is valid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kind of just blew my mind.
0: I mean, now I'm just imagining them. I'm
1: just imagining them in, like, these high offices in, yeah. like, towers. Really Ooh, fancy. little little bow ties. Yeah, little bow yeah. ties. And yep. they're like, how did it go today? <laughs> Very well. What stupidity did the humans fall for today? Well, I'll just tell you that R.I.P. Chris <laughs> Pratt is trending, <laughs> and many of them thought he actually died.
0: <laughs> and then all the nefarious stuff, like maybe they're behind, you know, some of the crazy cult beliefs, like yeah. the Scientology stuff. Yes. You know, yes, maybe they're like, let's see what if humans believe this. Yeah, let's. If they'll put pay it a out lot there. of money if they'll
1: pay all their life savings. Yeah. Yes, Yes. Well, who should we have be the face of Scientology? How about that guy? <laughs> the yellow teeth and the weird laser shoot. If they believe him, they'll believe anything.
0: <laughs> I mean, it explains a lot. And here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it hasn't all been Thelma and Louise and Ziggy, but it's been their brethren.
1: Oh, I think they're involved. Yeah. I think they're involved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think Fiona was involved when, you know, yeah. she was alive. Mm-hmm. I, think. I agree. Aaron, mm-hmm. thinking about conspiracy theories. Yeah. What do you think differentiates a conspiracy theory versus like a, a a fact, a fact-based theory, or a fact-based story, excuse me? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that uh, the difference is coincidences, because Ooh, I think that you can yeah. take a coincidence and you can make it mean anything. Like, mm-hmm. there's people that don't believe, I don't believe in coincidences, everything happened, you know, for a reason. But in a factual story, now, as of late, this has become more difficult, but mm-hmm. a factual story is fact. Like, yeah. no matter how you're looking at it, it's just a fact. Like, Iowa is a state that's a fact it is it's not a coincidence it's a fact Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things in conspiracy theories that happen to be coincidental like oh on the same day this person died this person happened to be missing from work and Mm -hmm. that means this when in reality it could just be you know the time clock didn't work that day or they were sick or Mm -hmm. whatever but to me, it all comes down to coincidence because that's how conspiracy theories are born. Yep. Someone twists it to mean something else. That's what a conspiracy theory is—just somebody's idea that they see something different than everyone else yeah it's kind of like those like magic eye pictures oh yes and but there's actually no picture there so everybody's just saying well i see a boat mm-hmm. somebody else is like that's obviously a cat
0: i would get so frustrated because i would never admit to seeing anything because yeah. i didn't see anything yeah. i was like why am i lying about this stupid thing no. there's nothing
1: there no i can't see anything yeah and then other people are like, oh, it's a fantastic castle with a tiny mouse at the top. And you're like, okay. Okay. First of all, that's not even close to what a magic eye picture is.
0: Too much detail. Why is the mouse so tiny? Yeah. Ruined Doesn't it. make sense. Doesn't make sense. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of, they're looking for things to believe. Mm-hmm. And when the coincidences point them that way, that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were talking, I was remembering... Uh, When I was younger, I was fascinated by this idea that Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy were somehow tied because they were both elected, you know, 1860, 1960. They had like the same number of letters in their name and they had the same vice president's last name after them. And they were both killed in office and like all these little things, Uh. purely just coincidences. Right. But as a young kid, I was like, this is, oh my God, this is a sign of something. I don't know what it was a sign of, but something.
1: Well, I also think that we've sort of trained ourselves to think that because yeah. there have been things that are shocking, that are yes. that are technically a conspiracy theory that we find out are fact or yeah. are true. Like there was this person pulling these strings or this whole thing yeah. was a scam or this was fake or whatever. And every time something like that happens... We're all left going, okay. So if that's possible, then that then is, possible. is possible. Then anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. a good point.
0: And maybe since, like, you know, in the seventies when Watergate happened, and it showed that our leaders are extremely fallible and constantly lying to us, maybe then mm-hmm. we've realized like anything could be true. Yeah. So might as well just believe this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Hundred
1: mm-hmm. percent.
0: Oh, that's sobering. Yeah. But also fascinating. It is fascinating. Just like a good conspiracy theory it should be. Yes. So my fiction pick, yes, is called Annihilation. Ooh, by Jeff Vandermeer. Ooh, this is part of a trilogy, and okay. this first book came out in 2014. Mm. Um, it also was a movie. So if you recognize a movie name, it's based on this. Okay. When we start the book, we are with a group of women: an anthropologist, a surveyor, a psychologist, and a biologist. And the biologist is our narrator. Mm-hmm. We never learn their names. Mm. They make up a twelfth expedition. And if that sounds ominous, it should, because there have been 11 previous teams of people who have ventured into a place in the southern US called Area X. Mm. This area, it's been cut off from the rest of the world for years. And we think it's a place where nature is just sort of taken over. But we're not really sure, because one expedition, the very first one, came back uh, and reported, yes, it's beautiful, nature, whatever. But then another expedition all committed mass suicide. And then one of them all killed each other. And the (laughs) the last expedition disappeared, but then all returned to the regular world as some weird, like almost zombie type ghost thing that then died a few months later of cancer altogether. Our narrator's husband was part of that last expedition. Oh, boy. So now this team, this 12th team, is going in again. And their plan is to map the area, to observe, and to hope for a better outcome. As you might expect from that setup, we get some spooky, weird, unexplainable shit. There's the matter of getting in. They cross over this sort of shimmery border and then they're ending up somewhere and time has passed and they don't know how they ended up here. Right. There's wild animals in this area that have an odd, almost human look. There's a tower that instead of going up, it goes down and there's words on the walls as it's going down that's made of something alive, like a moss-type thing. There's hypnosis going on, and members of the team start acting real, real sketchy. So all of that. Fantastic premise for a story It's super gripping You have no idea Where it's going Right But I chose it for this theme Because there's more involved This is a trilogy Like I mentioned And it's named It's the Southern Reach Trilogy And the Southern Reach Is the government organization That keeps sending in These expeditions Oh okay And first you're thinking Like what the hell Are you doing You would think maybe After the mass suicide That's a that's a no Yeah Maybe after killing each other That's another no Yeah Nope They keep on doing it And there's reasons And in this book, you start to see that, but in the second book named Authority, you see this agency and you start seeing like what's behind that government agency. And in the third called Acceptance, you dig into really what's behind all this Area X stuff. To me, I think a lot of conspiracy is often around government and what's really going on Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Like what are their leaders really up to? and organizations that use people as playthings for some, you know, bigger, often nefarious purpose, right? And I think this completely fits the bill, plus includes this sort of strange supernatural element that makes you just never sure where you're going and it makes you never sure what's going to happen, which makes for wonderful reading.
1: Sounds amazing
0: Annihilation
1: Annihilation First
0: off, I think I didn't know anything really about the book About Jeff Vandermeer But I saw that title And was like That's gotta be a good book Yeah And I picked it up So true Yeah You know, you don't want to admit this sometimes But a title Or the way a cover looks Oh my god And the cover's beautiful And that was another thing It looked sort of creepy And the title was like, yes Mm -hmm. This is gonna It
1: really makes a uh difference It really does You don't want to
0: judge a book by its cover But But sometimes you do
1: Sometimes you do Yeah Sometimes that gets it in your hot little hands. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear it's a movie. That sounds exactly like a movie. Well, an
0: interesting thing. If you happen to watch the movie, or if you have watched the movie... It's, it's, a, it's a bit different from the book. Oh, okay. But in a really interesting way, like the guy that did it, uh, the director, the name escapes me right now, had a sort of different take on it, which is really interesting in and of its own right. And some tremendous people, Natalie Portman, mm. uh, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez. Wow. Jennifer Jason Lee. Terrific cast. So I would recommend that as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. Well, my book this
1: week... For white rabbit is called necessary people by anna petoniak Hmm. this was published in may of 2019 Um, and the story starts out with violet and stella who are best friends after meeting at a college visit so they just happen to talk to each other and basically violet decides to follow stella to this college stella is beautiful comes from a very wealthy and very prestigious family And Violet's just basically trying to make something of herself despite her roots. She's very goal-oriented, very driven. She's got a plan. So Stella brings Violet into her world. She takes her on vacations, holidays with her family. Oh, wow. She just gets brought in. But this whole time you're getting this idea like Violet, they're friends, but Violet's also really studying this family like learning all their mannerisms figuring out how to be like them she thinks this is going to be useful later in her life like i need to know how to act like i'm wealthy yeah so eventually after they both graduate college they decide to move to new york and share an apartment and stella's family is going to foot the bill because they're you know uber wealthy it's this great apartment although violet is going to pay some amount of rent Hmm. now Violet gets a job at a cable news network because that's her dream. She's going to work at a news... um, She's going to be a journalist. She starts out at this cable news network. Stella's like, eh, I'm going to take a year off and travel. So she's not actually living at the apartment with Violet. And she is um violet is working like just day and night Mm -hmm. lots of hours she's not hearing from stella she's they're not really keeping their friendship up eventually stella comes back but not before violet starts to get weird vibes from her family like maybe violet's staying a little too long like they think it's weird that she's staying in this apartment even though she's paying rent because stella's not there it's for stella so there's kind of some weird like moments that Violet's on PC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stella comes back and when she sees that really Violet's becoming successful, she's moving up the ranks at the cable news network fast. Like she outdid all the interns. She puts in the hours. She's got a really good eye for it. She makes she becomes really good friends with the main um, executive producer and she's she's making a career. Like they can see she's gonna make a mark. And Stella immediately sort of becomes jealous of this. Like, oh I'm I haven't figured out what I want to do. So out of nowhere, Stella magically gets a job at the cable news network. Oh, come
0: on. But she's
1: not going to be a producer. She's going to be a star. Oh, no. She's going to be an anchor. (laughs) So all of a sudden, they kind of find themselves on different teams. And all of this stuff that they thought didn't matter, like where they came from and who they were before, matters a lot. For sure. And connections all of a sudden matter Uh a lot. And who Stella knows and who Violet knows matter a lot. And they're at this crossroads of fighting each other while still pretending to sort of be in a friendship. So it gets really intense from there. I won't spoil the rest of it for you, but it's really interesting. Um, I picked it for this theme because one, There's so much going on behind the scenes that Violet can't figure out Mm -hmm. because she's not connected. She doesn't have the information. So it feels like a conspiracy to her. Like everybody's conspiring against her. She doesn't, she's not on the same team. She doesn't get access to the same things people are doing each other favors just because they know each other. Mm-hmm. They're doing favors for Stella because they know who her dad is. Yeah. They know that he's wealthy. They know who her grandma is. These types of things are happening. I also think that a lot of their problem comes down to communication. Like mm-hmm. they just, for being friends, they're not very honest with each other. Yeah. And I... They kind of assume the worst in each other. So they end up creating rabbit holes about the other person. Like, oh, that happened. So clearly they're doing that. Or, you know, they didn't show up here, which means X, Y, and Z. They're creating all these scenarios that aren't really true, but are helping cement this sort of fight between them. Mm -hmm. Plus, it has a cable news network and kind of like (sighs) the movie bomb show, you know.
0: We know there's some conspiracy stuff happening there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So.
0: Wow. It is.
1: It's a really fast read. It's really interesting. It's different. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: I like that element that you brought up that almost class itself feels like a conspiracy sometimes. Because yeah. Because there is so these rules up here and these connections that if you're not part of it, you can't have access to. Yes. So it does feel like, you know. What's
1: behind know. all this? Right, she feels like she almost has to just study how to be a person, yeah, in this world. Otherwise, she's going to reveal that she doesn't have these things. Mm-hmm. And there's some weird, like, Stella's grandma was kind of the one with money, and then it's her son mm-hmm. that married Stella's mom. So Stella's mom isn't considered as great as Stella's uh, dad because yeah. he who came into it with money. He has the big job uh-huh. and so somehow because she didn't have money coming in she's like a step down from the rest of them and there you know there's all these all factors these rules that play and in. stuff yeah yeah she you know there uh, Stella has a brother and the way that he sees the world and interacts with the world is very much you can't almost blame him it's more like he's never been told no yeah or he's used to being able to rely on connections to fix a problem mm-hmm. so that's what he that's what he thinks you do it's yeah it's interesting there's so many layers in this story very nuanced but wow.
0: super fun well I've got another doozy for you Woo! another other genre quick and this okay. come this is a graphic novel that Ooh. comes from Carmen Maria Machado <gasps> Ooh. it is illustrated uh, by the way, we said ooh because we love her. She wrote in the Dream House. She wrote her body and other parties, mm-hmm. which we recommended both of those. Um, but those are, you know, all prose. This is a graphic novel that is illustrated by Deni, and the book is called The Low Low Woods. Mm-hmm. Have you read this? No,
1: it's been on my list Has forever. It? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So this is in nineties era. Mm-hmm. Okay. L and V are two best friends who live in a town in Pennsylvania called Shudder to Think. That's hyphenated. Like that's that's not a great name to start with. No. They are in a movie theater one day and they both sort of wake up in a start and they realize like, wait, where are they? Where have they been? Like time is lost and it's very disconcerting. They have no answers. But what's even scarier is that They're not the only ones this has happened to over time. A lot of the women in town have had this sort of situation where there's lost time, there's lost memories. Some have even just disappeared, and it's been going on for a while. Many of them just accept that this is part of the weirdness of this town Mm because it's a weird town. It's an old mining town where a lot of men have died in the mines or of diseases from the mines. Plus, many years ago, the mines caught fire and have just been burning ever since. So, the ground is just on fire. Plus, it's not a good sign. <laughs> no. I don't think if the ground's just on fire, nope. things are not going a good, well.
1: Not a good sign. I don't feel like you ever see ground on fire and be like, oh.
0: <laughs> That town's going places. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> that <town's going> <laughs> Looks like a good spot for the next fire festival. <laughs> so, not only ground, you know, on fire, but at the woods outside of town has some very strange creatures in mm. it. Yeah. Um, so,. Back to L and V. This has happened to them. They know there's a this town is just bizarre. A lot of people have had similar situations, but they can't take this. They're like, No, we have to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. So they search and they dig and they find answers, and the answers are part of why I chose this theme. Mm. There is something really deep and disturbing going on in this town. There's corporate greed affecting the town Ooh. because it was mines. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sexual anger that is affecting the women. Oh, you know, because when the men start getting uh, hurt, who mm-hmm. are you going to lash out? At? You're going to lash out at the women. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Honestly, I can't reveal much more because some of the real joy i mean if you can call it joy yeah. is discovering what has happened here and how Ooh. conspiracy is so wrapped up in in class in corporations in sexual politics and gender politics yeah you know another area i think of as conspiracy is when people just accept that this is how things are You know, Mm. like the forces are out of control. I have no power. Yeah. If you think about just our situation, sometimes people take uh, political spirit conspiracy to such a level that they're like, well, my vote doesn't matter. So what bother? Why bother? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That kind of situation has happened here. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of, you know, the men and the women have been just beaten down enough to think like, well, nothing's going to change. So but Mm. then these two teenage girls come along and they say, no, no, no. We're going to figure this out.
1: We're going to do this.
0: Yep. Um, It is a very quick read. It is a very cool format. The art really lends itself to the creep factor, to the conspiracy factor, and to the story. Long story short, if you like Carmen Maria Machado, definitely read this. It feels like one of her stories, really, just Mm. given, you know, illustration form and made richer because it's in a graphic novel form. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. So I know, I'm sorry, I can't tell you too much, but right. the part of the joy is figuring out The discovery. What, I mean, what I want to know, they don't really explain, why'd you name the town that? That's a bad name for a town. Shutter to you know things are going to go bad in that town. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be good.
1: No, how do you have a shutter to think chamber of commerce that's
0: <laughs> attracting anyone? Or the Better Business Bureau? Yeah. Nope, Shutter to think. Yeah, Yeah. Surprising, it didn't go well. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, my advice is just read it because you're going to like it. (laughs) Just read it.
1: Just read this book.
0: Even if you're not sure you're going to like it, just read it.
1: Well, my other genre pick this week is by an author that I have recommended before, Sarah Mm -hmm. Weinman, and this is called The Real Lolita, The Kidnapping of Sally Horner and the Novel That Scandalized the World. Oh, boy. Yes. This was published in 2018, and most people have heard of the story of Lolita, the book by Vladimir uh, Nabokov, Mm -hmm. and what most people may not realize is that it was inspired by and bears a very deep resemblance to the 1948 true life abduction of 11-year-old Sally Horner. Oh, God. Yeah. So in 1948, um, Sally was 11. Her biological father had died. She was um, lived at home with her mother. Her mom worked a lot. She was dared by some friends that she was trying to, you know, probably impress to steal like a, you know, five cent notebook or whatever it was yeah. from like a drugstore, a dime store. This man approaches her as she's doing that and says that he's FBI and that he saw it happen and he won't tell, but he's going to be in touch because there's some things that are going to have to be solved. Oh no. And in her 11 year old mind, she loses it. She yeah. doesn't want her mom to know. She she thinks that she's going to jail. Yep. There's all kinds of of issues. So a couple, a little bit of time goes by. She doesn't hear from him. And then she does hear from the man. He, he waits for her outside of school, talks to her and says, Hey, um, I talked to everybody involved and you don't need to go to jail, but you are going to have to come to this conference with me and discuss like he comes up with some story that they have to get go to this conference together and he says you're going to tell your mom that you're going to the shore with your friends and their dad and that's how you're going to get away but you can't tell her you can't tell anyone about this or the deal's off and you have to go to jail so that is obviously concerning she thinks extremely so she goes with him and she's not hurt again for almost two years and her mom has a little bit of trepidation like what but Sally sells it really hard, yeah. and she's like, well, she deserves a little break. It's summer, you know, And then when she doesn't hear from her, she stops getting letters. It, it gets more and more oh, scary. God. And there's all these stories of people that saw them and that like he was pretending that she was his daughter for a period of time, all of these things. So and it ends up that she she does come home, but there's lots that happens after that. So this book weaves together the whole story of Sally Horner, and that I just gave you the tip of the iceberg. With the writing process and evidence that can be gleaned from Nabokov's own notes and writing. So wow. he claimed during his life to know very little of this story. Like, but it was playing out before Lolita was published and what would have been the time that he was writing. Yeah. And some of the plot points are like incredibly similar, like almost exactly the same. And... Sarah Weidman does this amazing job of weaving these two stories together. Like you're hearing Sally Horner and then you're hearing what was going on with Vladimir Nabokov and then you're hearing about Sally Horner and then about him again. And it's this really interesting true crime story and it's also the process of an infamous writer and it could almost read like literary criticism Mm -hmm. but it actually is just this really incredibly accessible tone of this really interesting kind of at its heart conspiracy theory about whether or not he knew He's got no cards that have information about it, but he still claims that he didn't really know this story. And it's not meant to make you think that he was involved or anything in yeah. the story. It's just how much of this yeah. did you get? This very famous novel that went on to be like this huge deal. Really interesting. There's also a subplot about his wife and her involvement in it that is super fascinating in his writing of the book and getting it published. So I picked for this theme because he denied ever using it except superficially Mm -hmm. even though there's a lot of evidence as you'll see yeah and the book itself really feels kind of like this conspiracy theory minus the fact that the author has like amazing research and backs up everything but you can see how this book has a lot of history to it that no one even knows about because the book itself was kind of a scandal. Mm -hmm. So it never really got the deep dive into like, where'd you come up with this story? Isn't this very similar? Plus it's just a really interesting true crime case. Um, There's moments in there that I was like, what? I mean, I said that out loud. Like, how did that happen? So it's fascinating. It's really good read. Um, Typical Sarah Weinman. She's an amazing writer. So it reads wonderfully. And I enjoyed every second of it.
0: That just is sticking in my brain as super creepy, just on all accounts. Just yeah. all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. real weird. Yeah. And I put myself in an eleven year old mindset where yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. The yeah. world sucks. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Really does. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great book though. It is. It's yeah. a terrific
1: book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good read.
0: Pop culture. Yes. I've got a show that I actually recommended to you and your husband the oh, other day. Oh, oh, oh. It's Mr. Robot. Yes. You had mentioned that you watched Bohemian Rhapsody because you knew we were on the same star level. There. Yes, yes, um, yes. So Rami Malek. Yes. who played Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. to great acclaim.
1: He did. He won an Academy Award for it. Yes. And he deserved it. Yeah, he did. Deserved it. Before all that. That is such a big bird that just went in your overhang. <laughs> And he just acted talk about a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It looked like he just disappeared and he is in there. Yeah.
0: This bird, this bird, and I think there's multiple birds, they yeah, they've built a nest in this sort of like loose eve. And you know Ziggy is watching it all day, every yeah. day. And that has to drive him nuts because it, it just disappears. So nuts. There's a um so there's a table right here and there's a sort of cat perch and he will stay there for hours just watching, even if the birds aren't there, because he knows they're coming. I just looked up. I see a very big bird. (laughs) I'm not
1: lying. It's not eagle size, but it's a big bird. It is,
0: and you're like, how do you? How are you? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, he's gone. He's gone. Oh my god. He
1: went down a rabbit hole. This is a little bit horrifying. And he went into the. Oh, oh, he knew we were talking about. Stuck his head out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Last year, this was here too, and I think they built a little nest and had babies in there. They made themselves a little. They're procreating. Yeah. In that rabbit hole. Mm. Which, yeah, I mm. don't like to think about. Mm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt your Rami Malik. That's Malek? okay, yeah.
1: Let's think about him and not that bird. That's a
0: great that idea. That large bird. Rami Malik. Keep coming back to Rami Malik. Yes. Before Bohemian Rhapsody, before mm-hmm. he became Mr. Oscar winner Rami Malek, <laughs> uh, he was in Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's four seasons of this. It's all done. Ooh. It's on Amazon Prime. You can binge it all. It's got Rami Malik. It also has Christian Slater. Appreciate some Christian Slater I do
1: too I really do
0: And a whole host of other amazing people Yeah So we meet Elliot Who is Rami Malek At a coffee shop In the first episode And Mm. he approaches the owner And you can see right away Elliot's a little bit odd He's a little bit awkward He's a bit intense Not a lot of eye contact You know just various sort of He's got a hoodie You know Mm. that kind of situation And he tells the owner I hacked you I found your secret stash Of kitty porn And the owner Tries to pay him off and Elliot's just like, no, nah, man, I don't want your money. And then you see the cops pull up. So Elliot is a hacker by night, pretty much. But by day, he's an office guy working in security at a tech firm. He lives alone. He's addicted to some drugs. He's very lonely. Then he notices this guy following him around. And that guy is Christian Slater. We come to know him as Mr. Robot. Oh. And he tells Elliot, man, you know, the world is messed up. The rich are getting richer. The poor poor are getting poorer. There's systems in place that ensure that, especially at E-Corp, which is this massive corporation that sort of combines Apple with Amazon and Enron, and they just basically rule the world. Oh, my. Okay. Mr. Robot says, though, we can fix it. We can bring E-Corp down. And with it, all the world's debt, it's going to be gone. It's going to change the world. Elliot's childhood best friend, Angela, is drowning in college debt. Just like so many, you know, Mm -hmm. people right now. His own situation sucks. Everyone around him, it just feels like they're all just playing this game at life. And because he hacks people all the time, he knows how dirty people are. And he knows how shitty things are under the surface. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. He joins Mr. Robot and his team, and they're going to change the world. Oh, my gosh. And that's just the start. Like, that's just the first episode. It is a terrific premise. But a few episodes in, things change so dramatically it's like you were watching one show and then it transforms into another show that in both of them are deeply personal. it's twisted, it's gripping and that first surprise I won't ruin it it completely blew me blew blew me away blew me like away blew me away blow me down. yes uh one of the biggest like sort of twists I never really saw coming, which is fantastic. Now I chose it for this theme because from the start we're getting Elliot's voiceover, right mm-hmm. he's narrating the show and he's telling us, There's this secret group of guys that are running everything. They have the ultimate power, and he's found it, and he's going to change the world. And so much of this story is built around E-Corp and bringing this corporation down, and we learn kind of why. Elliot's dad um, used to work for uh, E-Corp, and so did Angela's mom, and they both died because of toxic waste that was dumped at an Mm. E-Corp site. It's a dirty organization. Tons of conspiracies. A lot of them true. And part of this greater worldwide conspiracy that we start to see over the four seasons. So lots of conspiracy elements. Lots of really personal stuff. There's a lot of mental illness uh, Mm. situations here. A lot of friendships. A lot of just like living in the world and how lonely and terrifying it can be. Mm. And I can't say enough good things about this show. It's... And it's where I came to know and love Rami Malik. Mm. The things he does in this show are just bonkers. The writing is amazing. The design of it, the way that uh, the creator, Sam Esmail, does the directing and the look and everything it's so, so good. I really think you and Mike are going to love it. Okay. I think you listeners, you need to get in on this. You need this. to get in on it.
1: I'd heard of it, but we've never watched it, and I, I was excited to hear. Well, it and it was sort of tucked
0: away on USA Network, so you yeah. couldn't easily get to it. And yeah, now it's all on Prime, okay. so get it, get it. And you know, Rami Malek,
1: Rami Malek, he is
0: magnetic. He is. You can't take your eyes off that man. That that tiny, tiny man. Yeah, he just somehow doesn't look very big. I don't know. It feels like I could put him in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you just have Ronnie Malick in your pocket right now just fold him up put him <laughs> in my I pocket pull him out when I want <laughs>
0: <laughs> like dance for me Rami dance. dance yeah
1: well, I don't know why you had a southern accent when you did that
0: either <laughs> Oh
1: no. that, was, went a into that was a conspiracy theory in and of itself you had Robin Malick yeah. in your pocket you were southern <laughs> and you made him dance I don't I clearly don't know you at all
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know where that came from so I don't know myself <laughs> I like it though yeah I liked everything about it <laughs>
1: Well, my uh, pop culture pick this week is from Netflix. It's just released. It's called Operation Varsity Blues. Ooh. The College Admissions <gasps> oh, Scandal. Oh,
0: boy. Now,
1: I love a good documentary. Oh, yeah. And I love it when you surprise me in a documentary. Oh, yeah. And this one did that. And here's really? how. First of all, it's produced by the crew of the documentary Fire. And so we all know that they've got oh. some good stuff going. But it's a documentary. But they use the actual transcripts from the wiretapped phone calls and put actors in there. So you're, like, seeing it play out. Like, it's like you're watching a made-for-TV movie, oh, but it's the God. actual conversations.
0: Where these parents are trying to get yes. their kids into school. And it all centers yeah.
1: around this guy play uh, named Rick Singer, who's played by Matthew Modine. And... Essentially, he's at the center of this entire scandal. He's the one that came up with the idea. He says there's things that are called backdoor ways into college, which means so front door would be you just get into college like a, wh- yeah, what like a assume. normal person. Yeah. a back door is when you give millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of millions of dollars, and I'm saying that because they they very often say in the documentary like two million isn't going to get it done to get in the back door. Like you are giving a lot of money if you're trying to get your kid who doesn't really earn it in to Harvard. We're talking the big Ivy League, big prestigious colleges, right? And you
0: always knew there was something like this. Like you knew it. Not hard to get there. Yeah.
1: No. Well, he creates what he calls the side door, which (laughs) means that you do something to get your child in on... Some kind of athletic spot. Now, that doesn't mean they're there on scholarship. It means that they're just going to be a part of the team because coaches of different sports are allowed to hold certain spots for certain athletes. That's mm-hmm. part of their recruiting. So they can say, No, I want this person. Mm-hmm. So you still maybe need to get a level of grades or whatever, but you can get in. So he created a back do- or a side door, excuse me, by creating these relationships with these coaches and athletic directors and people like that securing a spot and then he would just make it look as though that person whose parents were paying millions of dollars or thousands of dollars to have this happen played that sport Whether say water polo water polo mm-hmm. rowing they wouldn't be like your big sport yeah that's yeah. something side like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they would say things like no we don't necessarily think he's going to be the star he's a, we want him to be a walk-on he's got really good talent they would cover everything up by with all these other exchanges oh, and then maybe a big this. donation was made to the sports team or whatever it was so it's so interesting and if you think you know everything about this scandal because it was everywhere on the news and this you, is
0: like felicity huffman this is Lori laughlin yeah husband
1: yeah and a lot of other big they talk about them briefly but there's a lot of other really high-powered people that were you know lawyers different people that were involved if you think you know everything about this, you really truly don't because there was stuff revealed in there that I was like, what? And it'll be interesting where your sympathy lies because you end up kind of feeling sorry for some people in there that you wouldn't have expected to have sympathy for. I think it's a rabbit hole because there's so much more to know about this whole situation. And These universities are still claiming that there's no way to do this. There's no back door and there's no side door, and all of you know, Rick Singer is out. He, you know, these other people have been sentenced to jail time, they've paid fines, but and you'll see why he's still out. But there's just so much going on here, and it's so interesting. And he himself is a rabbit hole, like his background is super shady. So the whole thing is fascinating, and I love that they got. A whole bunch of actors to play these parts. That's what I was thinking. Like,
0: I am imagining as an actor, you're like, oh, these other actors got caught with this, but I'm gonna play them somehow. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, this might. Might sound bad. They're kind of B-list actors. Well,
0: sure. Yeah.
1: Somehow that works better because you're like, oh, yeah, all these A-listers that were throwing around their millions of dollars. Now these These B-list actors are like,
0: I'm on the B team. I'm ready to come up to the big team. Yeah. They're like,
1: look, I didn't have the money to get my kid into a college. Yeah. So now I'm going to play you in your scandal.
0: (laughs) Also, the more the colleges deny that kind of stuff, the more conspiracy theories there's going to be about it. And there's mm-hmm. more, yeah, the more mm-hmm. people are going to be like, of, sh- of course there's a back door. Yes. Of course there's a side door. Of
1: course there is. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. It's really interesting. And it's quick. It's just over an hour. It's not super long. Oh, okay. But it's, I loved it. I thought it was really well done. It's a lot of interesting facts about it that mm-hmm. I I didn't realize. And the way it plays out, just seeing actors do it really helps the whole the mm-hmm. whole thing. So it's a good rabbit hole to go down.
0: So like how much were they paying? It was in the hundreds of thousands, yeah. right? Well, yeah. But it wasn't because the millions, millions, millions. No, because right. the
1: millions, 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 you can just go in the back door. Right. You don't have to mess around don't with have the play, stuff. You to like are yeah. on a team. Yeah. And everybody at the university knows that even though they yeah. don't. This is much more secret because mm-hmm. you're talking about dealing with just one part. Like... It's possible that the heads of the universities didn't know that this part was going on, that mm-hmm. they just thought these people were getting in this way. So we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars that were paid to Rick, that were paid to the either the athletic director for the whole department for that particular sport. Ugh. Maybe they donated for something that that team wanted. Um there's a couple of them that were obviously personally reimbursed. Yeah. There's some that they never took personal reimbursements. It was all like, oh, you donated to the program kind of thing. Here you go. It's really, it's it's interesting to see that. They had people that were, you could pay someone to take the test for your kid. Like but, the ACT or SAT? Yeah, but your kid wouldn't know. Basically what would happen is they would set up like a, your child would apply to get special time because they have a, learning, learning disability. disability they would get a private proctor okay so they would take the your child would take the test just like everyone else they would leave and before that private proctor would turn in that test they would take the test themselves oh my god and turn it in so that that score
0: so in that way then the kids don't know right they don't happening. know that
1: that wasn't actually their score oh. that somebody else did that so on that level in that scenario they didn't know Um, and there, there was kind of a funny thing about that, that people said, oh man, how'd they get the answers and stuff? And they're like, no people, this is a, this is a test for juniors in high school. Like they just got proctors that knew what they were doing and they just took the test. They didn't have any answers. They just took it themselves. I'm
0: imagining I'm one of those kids and I'm like, look how good I did. This is awesome. And then, oh no, my parents did this.
1: Shoot the goot. Yeah
0: oh, that's gross. And too, like bringing them into this illegal thing without their knowledge. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's better or worse. he started,
1: like his business, like they talked to a few former like clients of his that it was more legitimate. Like they were just, they went to him for account, like coaching like mm-hmm. he knew the college process like he kind of set himself up as that so these parents would pay him to come over and coach them how to do well on the ACT which that's not uncommon mm-hmm. or this is what you need to say in your interview or these are things you need to be involved in in the next 2 years to get into this school so they had some of those like those are his that the first level when he was still kind of legitimate mm-hmm. and they were talking just about his personality and stuff so it's it's interesting cuz you learn a lot about him too and his rise to
0: being a say, total yeah, fraud. How does one Yeah, how does one get into this? Interesting. Yeah, it hmm. is. It's a it's something. I think he's actually a cat in disguise cuz cats would be all into that kind of fraud. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And like, yeah, let's make again. Let's make the humans look dumb. Mm-hmm. I will tell you
1: that apparently he applied to be on a reality TV show at some point, <laughs> and they have his audition tape in there and it is <gasps> worth it just to see that.
0: Oh my goodness. Just to
1: see that weird haircut and vest. <laughs> so that's a teaser for you.
0: <laughs> if you like weird haircuts and vests, mm-hmm. man oh man, yeah, yeah, you're gonna want to see it. Wow, yeah, got some intense pics, some, some real good rabbit ones. holes, some real rabbit holes, real rabbit and holes, and we've uncovered the cat conspiracy to you know dominate all conspiracies. Yeah, I think it's it's the most viable one I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we're gonna be back. Next Wednesday, a different theme. Different same theme. day though. Same day. Yeah. Same us. Same. <laughs>
1: different. Different theme. Might be the
0: podcast in disguise. Who knows? Who knows? But it's still gonna be. Yeah. Different We're gonna books. sound the same.
1: Different books. <laughs> books. And until then, happy reading.